Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show with Claude Jennings. Hey, Claude. Dr. Bennett, how are you? Good. We have thoughtful conversation. We hope it is. Mm-hmm. Claude's always thoughtful. Uh, well, usually. Yeah. <laughs> thoughtful conversation about the news of the day. We address the existential threats to America. We're going to catch up on emails today. Your emails. We got a bunch of them, and we want to respond to them as best we can. Uh, a few things we want to talk about. Let me just say off the top, a Judge Kataji Brown, she's going to be confirmed. Right, right. She was voted, supported by Republicans on her way up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she'll make it through. You know, the way it is now, if you got a majority of Republicans, they put up a Republican, that person goes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to think our candidates are stronger, Republicans, uh, because they take a, they've got to be, because they take a beating mm-hmm. from the Democrat senators. Think of Kavanaugh and think of Barrett so on. And that's not happening here in this case. And, you know, she seems competent, and uh, we'll see, but she'll be confirmed. Any comment on that? What I've always found interesting is uh, most of these judges, by the time we get to this case, right, have been con- has been confirmed for another seat, right? So what's so different? I mean, I understand it's the Supreme Court, but if, if you follow what, what, what I'm saying, they've been confirmed already for other things, and they've been questioned and stuff, so I wonder why there's a hesitancy, um, and I get it, because the Supreme Court, is that the only reason? If they've already been confirmed for other things? Well, you say it's not the only reason. It's a big reason. Mm-hmm. It's the law of the land. It's the final say. Mm-hmm. It's where the buck really stops. Okay. And it has become increasingly the case that issues of real contention in the country end up in the court. Look at, you know, where we're going here. Abortion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, the state's rights, uh, guns, uh, you know, things that really matter to people. The final decisions end up in the Supreme Court uh, until they decide to make them unfinal. But only they can do that. Right. Okay. A legislature can legislate things um, and thereby undercut Supreme Court decisions if they do not violate the principle enunciated or the precedent enunciated by the court. But the court's different. Uh, it's 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 above all else. I mean, this was the principle in Marbury versus Madison back in the you know, 18th century. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there it is. And uh, so it, it is a big deal. Right. And because it's such a big deal, it should be on the merits. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it ain't always on the merits. And right. That's a shame. Yeah. And it almost seems like an impossible job for me one way or the other for, I mean, we believe that these judges, you know, Supreme Court or not, you know, lower courts can look at the law and can judge on matters based on on the law. But I mean, we can kind of know that people just in general lean one way or the other politically. But I assume we just trust that they won't. Correct. They're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it said famously, uh, you know, the judges read the newspapers, too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. Not, they, they live and function around. Now, Justice Thomas said, you know, I don't watch TV and I don't read the papers. Wow. But I think that's unusual. Yeah. So, you know, they're influenced. And um, that's that's the way it goes. They are human beings. Mm-hmm. For the most part in the history of the court. They've done pretty well in terms of being dispassionate. But we have shuttled too many of our important issues to them. Mm -hmm. Things that should be decided in the legislature. Mm -hmm. Things that should be decided locally. I mean, take Roe v. Wade, maybe the most contentious issue in American politics, Mm -hmm. abortion. There's only one way to resolve that, and that's the states. That is, let the states do what states want to do. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, some states 
have firm laws against abortion. Other states, wide open. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that's the only solution to that problem. There is no single standard you know, that the court could enunciate that would satisfy both sides, all sides. Right. And I'm not saying this would satisfy both sides, all sides, but it would at least, um, I think, make sense for most people. Mm-hmm. The point I'm making is a point about federalism, mm-hmm. which is states should be different, should be allowed to be different, and they should people should function differently on, on different things, even on things that we think are crucial. Death penalty, abortion matters like that Mm -hmm. so um you know it's it's a balance and now the balance has gone way toward washington as a lot of things have and way too much to the court uh it yields too much influence over our lives and most of a lot of the judges believe that i mean that's what i think justice uh, chief justice roberts believes Mm -hmm. and i think it's true and again excuse me for you know my ignorance on this they can because I think we've seen this before, they can send cases down to lower courts, but eventually, if it keeps coming back up to the Supreme Court, they have to take it? They don't have to take anything. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. They don't have to take anything. They can just say, no, not, we don't want it, we, not appropriate. Wow. However, they're not going to ignore things that keep coming back that are important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's not a principle. That's just a fact of life. So, the, you know, they're going to deal with gay marriage, mm-hmm. and, they, and they did, you mm-hmm. know, and they're going to deal with abortion. They're going to deal with gun control. They're going to deal with states' rights. They're going to deal with, you know, on and on it goes. Right. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Podcasts have changed the way we get our news, entertainment, politics, everything. Uh-huh. They've rewritten the script. Uh, somebody said to me this morning, I don't read op-eds, but I do listen to podcasts. Uh-huh. We hope you listen to this one. Well, there's another exciting development that's rewritten the script, too, and that's called Masterworks. Okay. Masterworks enables you to diversify your portfolio. This is for investors. Mm -hmm. And potentially protected from market volatility. And you do so by investing in contemporary art with Masterworks. Ah, okay. Now, I'm not up on contemporary art, but boy, it's hot. Mm -hmm. And people love it. They're the fintech startup shaking up the alternative investing landscape. It lets you build a portfolio of fine art without spending millions of dollars. Mm Mm-hmm. Invest in Picasso, Warhol. Uh, invest in paintings by iconic artists like these with Masterworks. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Masterworks has an industry-leading research team, and it's created the first and only platform where anybody can buy and trade shares of paintings, giving you the same access enjoyed by millionaires and billionaires for generations. See, now you're talking my language, because I'm not a big art guy. Like, I sit there and I look at it, I don't get it. But I'm a money person. Give it a try. Our listeners get priority access to their latest offerings at masterworks.art slash bill. Okay. Masterworks.art slash bill. Join a new generation of investors. This is a new deal, boy. This is the, the modern world. Join that new generation of investors at masterworks.art slash bill. And folks, see important disclaimers at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Masterworks, give it a look. All right, here we go. Let's go. What do we got from uh, letters? We get letters. We get stacks and stacks. Lots of them. Um, Let's start with our friend, Lucia. Uh, Says, this podcast and Scholars and Sense, uh, the best podcast, uh, informative, entertaining, and optimistic. Yeah, I think Scholars and Sense is optimistic. I mean, a lot of hard truth. And even here, I think this show might be a little more optimistic than Scholars and Sense. Bill and Claude are more optimistic than Conrad (laughs) and Victor. I think that's fair. Yeah. 
Well, my question, she says, uh, what does a regular uh, common folk person do to help bring back America uh, to what it should be? Vote, uh, become engaged uh, at a level uh, and in an area that interests you. Uh, you know, if it's education, join the school board. Uh, if it's uh, zoning, you know, join the zoning board. Uh, if it's something else, go there. Get engaged, be active, vote, write, talk to your member of Congress, run for Congress, mm-hmm. any and all of the above. Mm-hmm. No, I love it because, like you said, I mean, there are things we can do right in our own sphere of influence to yes, make where we yes. are better, you know, yes, and, yes, and yes. hope to catch on. Our friend George emailed in, said, I think it was on the How Can America Stand Up for America episode featuring uh, Joel Farkas and Brian Kennedy. I'll make sure that I send this to these guys, too, so that they, they know that, you know, George listened and commented. says that I heard or thought that I heard a formula for putting America back on the right track. Two pillars were energy self-sufficiency uh, and an anti-missile defense system. Uh, call it Star Wars. This approach makes a ton of sense to me. But I have a question. Uh, what reasons are offered by those against Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars system, uh, to explain their opposition? Now, I'm not asking why they are really against it. I'm asking what public reasons do they construe uh, by way of objection? I can't think of a single one. Well, the objections to Star Wars are, as I understand them, and, and this is incomplete, uh, it's fantasy. Mm-hmm. Can't really work. It was said at one point that at Star Wars Missile Defense, it's a bullet hitting a bullet. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of true. Mm -hmm. And that seems really hard to do, impossible or at least implausible. Mm -hmm. Turns out you can do it, though. (laughs) Right, right. And Mm -hmm. and And it has been done. Those are two arguments. Another one is the more you build up missile defense, the more you encourage the other side to build more missiles. Mm. So it's an escalating yeah. factor. It becomes an escalating factor. doesn't lead to more possibility of peace. It leads to more possibility of war. I don't buy that, but uh, a lot of people do. The fourth argument is people would rather not think about nuclear war. They just would rather not think not about think it. About, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it's easy. You know, it's so easy to see people distracted. Um Right now, people are all distracted by Ukraine. I'm not saying it's not important. Right. It's really important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we got huge problems at home. Mm-hmm. You know, at the border, inflation, gas prices, you know, all sorts of things wrong. And, you know, every every focus is on uh, Ukraine. Right. Uh, it's interesting. You just say, hey, look over there, and everybody does. <laughs> everybody does. Everybody does. Everything yeah, else, look yeah. over there. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think are the main are the main arguments. I, th- I still think a lot of people think it's implausible, impossible. But I think it's been proved not to be implausible and impossible. Uh, the other thing, of course, is political. The Democrats don't like it. They don't like spending on defense. Right. Uh, their disposition is to spend on domestic stuff, not mm. defense stuff. Yeah, yeah. He goes on to say, uh, to make matters worse, uh, in the beginning of the show that we did with Amber Wave, uh, partners last uh, episode, yeah, yeah. said, I've learned that a vastly great greater percent of Russia's population is missile protected than ours. And he says, what kind of idiots let that happen? Even Putin considers his citizens more important than our leaders seem to be. I don't think Putin... That does that because he considers his citizens more important than our leaders consider our citizens to be. Um, I just think that, you know, we, like you just said, we, uh, 
haven't pursued that type of missile defense the same way Russia has. Yeah, well, they he did it to improve his capacity mm-hmm. to deliver a knockout punch and not be knocked out in return. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he's knocked out in return, he can't deliver more knockout punches. Right. Take out Moscow, St. Petersburg, etc., mm-hmm. surrounding areas where the missiles are, and he loses his punch, and his punch is what's important to him. Right. But no, I think I think it's he's more war oriented and more oriented toward the possibility of war than we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, good for us for not being that. But uh, there are you know problems with not being that. One of them is uh, you neglect your defense of your own country. Right, right. Uh, let's see. So we'll move to our uh, friend Barry in Charlotte, North Carolina. Says, hey, Bill and Claude from the Tar Heel State. How about those Tar Heels over the number one seeded Baylor Bears? I had that in my bracket, uh, I believe. The ACC did is, you? I did. I did. I didn't have St. Peter's. <laughs> I mean that all. But I did have UNC uh, getting to the Sweet 16. I had Duke getting there, too. So You can't stop little, these little guys. Humble brag. Yeah, no, right. I was kind of hoping we wouldn't see either one of them. I don't know why I have this animus about it. Could you imagine if Ohio State got to the Sweet 16? All the emails we'd get from Ohio State fans and UNC fans, it would, we wouldn't do a show this week. Well, I, I, yes <laughs> and no. no. I mean, I believe. No, I, I don't agree with you. Okay. I believe that UNC and Duke are two basketball Right. What the oh, Ohio yeah. State is mm-hmm. football. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we're hearing from them. Yeah, yeah, I know right. I am. <laughs> and, right. Uh, you know, I'm. Well, you've got a Tar Heel at home, so. I, and I do, and I do, and it, it doesn't make for easier living for me not to be for them. Right. Speaking of brackets, Don uh, emailed in his bracket. He picked Tennessee to beat Davidson in the final. It will not happen for either team. Tennessee's out. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That was one of my teams. Michigan. All right, so Barry continues, by the way. He says, the ACC is thankfully redeeming itself in the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, As to my real point, you mentioned on today's podcast that only 5% of America is currently covered by a missile defense system. To your point, I mean, you know, uh, this is tied together, or maybe we're thinking defense system because of what's happening in Ukraine. But you're right. There's so many different things we need to discuss, and this is this is one of them. And so, well, no, we're thinking about it in relation of, to yeah. Ukraine because everybody's talking about no-fly zone, right? Which a lot of people think, including me, would precipitate World War Three and mm-hmm. thus missile defense, okay, or so, lack thereof, right? And he says, my question is, uh, uh, don't we uh, manufacture here in the United States the Patriot missile uh, defense system? And if so, uh, why can we not simply increase uh, the manufacture of this system uh, and disperse it uh, to cover the other 95 percent of the country? Uh, is Star Wars is uh, Star Wars defense system something different, uh, perhaps satellite based? Uh, we could. Mm-hmm. The answer is we could. But we don't want to. Right. Uh, Democrats control the budget, the White House, the Senate, the House, and they don't want to. Will Republicans, they haven't shown a real eagerness to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I can't answer that. Uh, Star Wars is, that's what Star Wars is. The Space Force is something a little different. Okay. Right. Space Force. Yeah, Trump, yeah. Space mm-hmm. Force. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All still great ideas. I mean. Uh, but look, I mean, the point is we have the capacity to develop this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. system we can do it mm-hmm. yes absolutely uh let's see so oh our friend penny uh formerly from glendale uh and she says now embarrassingly from chicago unhappy in chicago yeah well remember we had penny call in about a year ago uh from chicago she had one of my favorite lines of the podcast it was during the jesse smollett thing 
And she said, and we said, hey, Penny, what's going on in Chicago? She says, oh, I'm just out at two in the morning looking for gay black actors to, <laughs> to, to beat up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, gosh, this guy. Why did that judge let him out of jail? I have no clue. I have no clue. I think it's because the time, the justification was the time of the appeal mm-hmm. when he would be in jail waiting for the results of the appeal is would be the same as the sentence. Oh, okay. All right, so it kind of begs the question. Mm-hmm. If, he, if, the, if the appeal takes 150 days and he's in there five months, okay, at the end of five months, the appeal says you're a free man. Well, he's served his whole He's served term. the sentence even though he's about, okay. I think that's the argument. All right. But, you know, he's embarrassed himself completely. Sure. Now, does he make a comeback in show business? I don't know. because Well, you know, listen, um, he's got celebrity the... Celebrity is celebrity, man. Celebrity is celebrity. The only way he can do any kind of show business is he would have to do a reality show about himself. Because cause he's, got, he's got the Hollywood left against him as well. I mean, nobody wants to touch this guy because, I mean, of the circus, he, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it's so funny, you know, and because and, even in some of my circles, we sit around and laugh at, you know, we're like, this guy sitting there talking about this happened to him at night coming home from a Subway sandwich shop. You know, who gets attacked by white supremacists and, and runs away and leaves the noose on your neck? And what is he doing? How come the Subway sandwich bag is perfectly intact and nothing's wrong with the sandwich? It just got beat up. How is the sandwich bag not ripped? And it's just, it's just comical. But again, the funniest thing was Penny. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking around for gay black yeah, actors to, yeah, to be. That, to yeah. be <laughs> oh, she Two had the, the best morning, line. 20 below zero, yeah. Yeah, all right. Anyway, she says, hi, Bill and Claude. Uh, you posed a question. Who do they, uh, Democrats, have to put up? We talked about, you know, who in the world are they going to run? Um, she says, I wish I could be optimistic, but given, uh, but given that the one, two, and three spots right now are Biden, Harris, and Pelosi, how can any patri- uh, patriotic American be optimistic? Uh, there are even way too many Republicans who are under the thumb of China or Soros or the deep state. Uh, and can't be trusted. Uh, do, she is. She is not optimistic. Is she? Uh, do you believe we can have a fair election? Uh, I know you don't think uh, the 2020 election uh, was uh, honest. So, are you optimistic about the results of the upcoming 2022 and 2024 election? I think she says, "I'm so glad you and Claude are still on air. I love your podcast as well as your Scholars and Sense podcast. Keep them coming, please." Uh, yeah, I think we can have fair elections. Fairer. Mm-hmm. They're never 100 percent fair. I think we have fair elections in 22 and in 24. Fair enough, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, You know, I, I, I wouldn't be discouraged by the top three and the Democrats being Biden and Harris and Pelosi. Mm-hmm. They're not popular. At all. At all. Yeah. They're not popular. Now, you know, it's part of the citizenry corrupt under the thumb of Soros or paid by government or something. Sure. But not enough. I mean, look at the... Look at the, the Right direction, wrong direction ratings in the country and, mm-hmm. and, and Biden's ratings very low. So, uh, who do they put out? Uh, who do you, who do you, who's your guess? Right now, I've been saying this the last few shows, Hillary Clinton's going to, if, if from what I see now, she's going to be the one they put up. She's already making the, the, the rounds. I've seen her on Rachel Maddow. She's talking a lot. She's going to be the one. Is there no up. end to the Clintons? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
What was the line in The Exorcist? For God's sakes, get out. Yeah. Well, I mean, and honestly, if this is the situation, you got to just put your hand up as Democrats. If you're a Democrat voter and say, are we really doing are we really doing this again? You know, are we really going to run? How can you be the party of the everyday person, the one who's trying to get it? And all you do is, well, here's Biden. Well, here's Hillary. And tried to Hillary before, you know, and that didn't work because it, not even with Trump, but. But Obama, you know, beat her. She doesn't. She's not going to work. But they—they—they they're, they're have nobody else for them. They have nobody else. Crazy. It's really hard to think of who they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with Cory Booker, is anybody? These people were all self-eliminated mm-hmm. by by the huge and powerful figure of Joe Biden. I mean, give me a break. Are we going to go Bernie Sanders again? No, I don't we can't so. do that, right? So I, you know, I, I don't know who they put up. I don't know. I don't know who Republicans put up. Right. And as I've said, I think you can put up Trump, and he's hugely popular with forty percent of the base. Mm-hmm. But he's hugely unpopular with almost everybody else. Right. And I don't forget. I don't think. And again, you know, not almost everybody else, but fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Election results, or anyone think you know, rigged or whatever aside, uh, Joe Biden's mandate from people who voted for him was just to get Trump out of office. It was, yeah. There are people who aren't happy with him as president. They knew they wouldn't be happy with him as president, but they voted for him simply because they wanted President Trump he, out. And that him. could happen again, if, right. even if it's right. Hillary. Even if it's Hillary, it could right. happen again, it where be, we don't want Hillary, but right. we'd rather not have... Won't be Biden, though. He's too no, tired. Yeah, no, he, no, he, no, he, no. I'm not sure he finishes first. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't know if he will. All this right. is fun with the emails from listeners. Yeah. I like this. People should, you know, continue yeah, to send them yeah, in. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm mm-hmm. wrong. Sometimes I was wrong in 1974, <laughs> 2011, I think, once. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, this is from, let's see, Jane uh, Scott. Uh, she emails in, and oh, she considers herself a California escapee. Hi, Bill and Claude. Uh, thank you for your podcast about investing, not using ESG criteria. This is for our guys at uh, Amber Wave oh, Partners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what a nonsense idea. Uh, she says, we'll ask our financial planner uh, at Rick Edelman uh, to consider the IUSA fund that the gentleman mentioned. If anybody missed that, they should go back and listen yeah. uh, to that episode. And it was so, the last one. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, one, the, the, one, the previous one to this one. Yeah, What's that, it called? Amber Waves? Amber Wave Partners. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He says, I started, uh, she said, I started reading Race to the Bottom by Luke Rosiak. Um, yes, mm-hmm. I've heard about this book. Go ahead. She, she asks, uh, with your background and education, I highly recommend it. I'm only on chapter two and I'm horrified at what it reveals. Uh, she says, uh, not only about the corrupt teachers union, but the elimination of grades and standardized testing. It's very good for you and may, uh, and you may want to have him on the podcast. Uh, she says, Claude, I agree with you that Brett Bear's uh, show on Fox is the best news show. Uh, we rarely missed him. Well, we, re- we rarely miss him. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, I've heard about this race to the bottom. Um, the discouraging thing now is as we look at these school board meetings and looking over the shoulder of your kids during COVID, mm-hmm. it's not just critical race theory. It's what are they doing? You know, I mean, it seems like there's a whole... I don't want to say generation, squad, chunk, mm-hmm. large portion of teachers who really think the purpose of education is not not to teach reading and writing and counting and thinking, but it's to um, create followers in a particular ideology. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and that's a leftist ideology, and it's about the greening of America and the greening of the world and uh, the collapse of the world and uh, that socialism is a, a very attractive idea, or at least soft, soft socialism is. Gender is fluid. America is not such a great place. And they're recruiting uh, for an ideology. Uh, it's not that you know, the math is being taught badly, but what's being taught at all. And um, this is in all schools and all teachers, but it's enough of a cadre that it's making a real difference mm-hmm. in American education. So it, it, the question that's raised by Rosiak's book, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, and others is, are schools really schools now? Mm-hmm. And the answer is some of them are. And some of them aren't, and more precisely, parts of some schools are, Mm. and other parts aren't. Mm -hmm. And some classrooms are classrooms teaching, and other classrooms are doing ideology and and doing uh, politics and doing conversion uh, to a a, a set of beliefs that are uh, alien to what most parents uh, hold dear. Mm -hmm. And... Thus, the never been more important to have school choice, right? And to have the opportunity to have the money follow the child, and so on. And so, this is uh, this crusade goes on. Let's see. We've got another email here from uh, from Don, who picked Tennessee over <laughs> Davidson. Don, you, Don Ugliano. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. He says, Bill and Claude, I've been a loyal follower of your show since Morning in America. I rarely disagree with Bill, although it seems like he disagrees with us often in emails. <laughs> he says, I watched his appearance on the panel last night. I was it must have been when you were on Brad Bear's show and said, I'm afraid I have to, again, disagree uh, with the contention that we don't uh, that we can't do a no fly zone over the skies of Ukraine. I says, if we are uh, providing stingers, javelins, RPGs, etc., all to shoot down Russian planes, but we can't shoot them out. Uh, down uh, with our planes. Uh, We are watching the genocide of a people, only this time without camps, gas, and ovens. Uh, We are watching children being targeted and killed intentionally. Uh, We swore never again. Uh, We are watching again. We're doing nothing. I hate war, but I hate the killing of innocents. Let's see. He says we are signaling to uh, other psychopaths, uh, psychopathic murders uh, in China and Iran that we would do nothing to them, uh, not if, but when they move on Tehran and Israel. He says, again, we should move a carrier to the Black Sea. Uh, we should forward uh, deploy land troops into uh, Poland move our fighter planes into that region. And he goes on, you know, about it. As Trump told Rocket Man in North Korea, my button is bigger than yours. Bill, what will I tell my granddaughter when she asks why we stood by and let all those people die uh, once we could have stopped this? God help us. A great email. A short answer, what you tell your granddaughter is, I saved your life. There's several arguments there. One is the argument um, that we're already there. Uh-huh. supplying the javelins and the stingers. Apparently not. I mean, apparently there is this understanding, a concordance of view that merely providing these weapons to the Ukrainians, even via the Poles, is not crossing the line. Mm-hmm. However, a no-fly zone is. I see the difference. One is you're supplying a weapon someone else is using. The other is you're using the weapon yourself to shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. So the minute you shoot down a Russian plane... It pulls you out. I think it pulls you in. I think then you're in very possibly in World War Three, mm-hmm. And then, Don, nuclear exchange, and I'm not sure we win it. Mm-hmm. Even if we win it, we suffer huge destruction mm-hmm. 
um, in many cities and places across the country. Not willing to risk that. Uh, second argument, argumentum ad misericordium, the heart. Look at these poor people. Totally true. Mm-hmm. We promised we wouldn't ever let this happen again. Uh, the world promised that. That's true. And the world is trying to measure up without going into nuclear war. Are we failing to keep that promise? I don't know. I don't think so. I think we're doing what we can short of doing the impossible, which mm-hmm. is having World War III. Uh, is it hard to see? Yes. Is it hard to watch? Yes. Nevertheless, there are some people, and I don't know whether I believe them or not, Claude, I'd love your view, who think that Ukrainians can hold them off. Yeah. That the Russians mm-hmm. are suffering huge casualties. They're getting discouraged. My response to that is his frustration will not be taken out by sending more tanks and more men. He'll, his frustration will be taken out by sending more missiles. Right. Maybe even nuclear missiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll just say the hell with it. I'll just take the country down. Yeah. No, right. He'll, he, he won't respond and say, okay, guys, we tried our best. Let's pull back. And that's another thing when you talk about World War Three. We are dealing with a guy here who doesn't care about the loss of life and world destruction. He doesn't care. We have the burden of caring, you know. And so with that, there's that's a more right. strategic move that we have to make. We can't just, all right, let's bomb them off the face of the earth. We care. There, I mean, there are even discussions... Um, you, you know, of, of, of man, these sanctions or even companies and, and pulling out of Russia is hurting the Russian people. You know, people are, can't get diapers and, and people are looking for food and they don't, ha- they don't, they don't have anything to do with this. This is, this. and so that kind of compassion is the American perspective. It's the, for the most part, it's the world perspective. These, and we, we don't have the luxury of, oh, we'll bomb them all and it doesn't matter. You know, we, our heart and the compassion doesn't allow us to do that. We we have to think more strategically. We don't want World War Three because we don't want to see that again. He doesn't care. He'll see it. He'll he'll, he'll be glad to see it. Yeah, it's a burden I wish we didn't have. In yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good it's one a, to have. It's, it's a good. horrible situation. Yeah, There's no, no question about it. Go ahead. All right, so we've got another email from our friend Patty, uh, owner of Make It Pretty Gardens. Uh, she says, uh, "Dear Doctor Bennett and Claude, I must tell you, she been- is a small businesswoman." Mm-hmm which she says at the end of that email, but otherwise go on. Okay, she says, I must tell you, I have been a committed listener of yours all the way back to Morning in America's, uh, Morning in America, excuse me. Your morning show was my daily routine. After I got my children on the school bus, I'd listen uh, as I performed daily chores. Your show gave me information, laughter at times, and a sense of calmness. I thought laughter, laughter a lot, right? It was a well, funny I show. Yeah. yeah, okay. I thought it was funny, more than just at times. But anyway, I digress, Patty. Let's get okay, to Patty's okay, okay. <laughs> I says, Let you, Patty have her say. Yeah, uh, uh, let's, yeah right. She says, uh, you have such a talent in your dialogue and presentation that put words, uh, phrases to the core uh, feelings of what I was experiencing. I was uh, even on your radio show a couple times. My daughter thought she was a horse uh, when she was little. I shared this story with you during the discussion of gender uh, yeah, dysphoria. Yeah, mm-hmm, I remember that one. She, she said, thought she was a horse? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, so I built her a little barn. So, so should I build her a little barn to live in? She says she is now 22 uh, and we still tease her and ask her uh, to, to knee like a horse. Yeah. She says, I was- know, I, the, the latest on this, and I know you want to talk about it, mm-hmm. is they, I, this guy sent me a picture. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of um, bicyclists, cyclists mm-hmm. in a, some kind of competition. Sure. And in front of them is a guy in a motorcycle. <laughs> and the guy in the motorcycle says, I've decided mm-hmm. that I'm a bicyclist. 
and son of a gun, I'm winning all these competitions. Look how great I am. With my engine. (laughs) Go ahead. Precisely. Uh, Says, oh, I was also able to uh, call and cry while saying goodbye to you and to thank Mrs. Bennett for sharing you with us uh, on the last broadcast. I do remember that broadcast. Lots of folks called in. Lots of tears there. I know. Mm -hmm. know. All right, let's see. So she says, I I write you both today to ask your assistance. Uh, Can you have a discussion regarding the history of U.S. uh, and Ukraine? My understanding is under the Clinton administration, we rescu- uh, we requested that Ukraine remove its nuclear capabilities with the promise uh, that we would have their back. I cannot find much between the U.S. and Ukraine under Bush and then the whole disaster under Obama and the Hunter Biden connection. It gets murky regarding Trump. Uh, my understanding is his administration did pledge weapons that were delayed in actuality under Biden's administration. And the uh, and only this new pledge from Biden of one billion dollars uh, worth is truly a Biden administration pledge. But I may have my information incorrect. Uh, she says, lastly, as I listen to news reports, uh, I keep arriving at the cross section of the Biden administration's slow walk being pushed by Europe or Congress uh, in any form to help. Uh, of help to Ukraine and the obsession with the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, Russia has Biden uh, over a barrel with that uh, with that deal. And I fear that is the dictate to what uh, type of help he will give Ukraine. Three of Biden's diplomats have walked away and discussed from the whole Iran deal. And Russia is the mediator and the U.S. continues to concede everything Iran or Russia want. This administration is a disaster uh, in domestic and international policies. The regular American citizen is getting royally screwed, uh, if I could be so blunt. I have been a small business owner for 20 years. The best uh, financial business years were under the Trump administration. Lots of people say that. Um, His policies were so uh, business friendly, and he actually did improve the standard of living for most Americans. I knew things would be bad under Biden, but he has exceeded my uh, expectations in that area. Best wishes uh, to both of your families. Uh, I I don't know the history of Ukraine. Uh, I'm actually a little better on the older uh, part of the Soviet Union. Broke away in 90. Uh, Before that, in the 30s, it was part of Russia, uh, Soviet Union and Russia that was starved by Stalin. Mm -hmm. I think five or six million people died of starvation. That's when they were put in these collective camps. Uh, broke away during the uh, summer and spring of independence, 1991. Mm-hmm. Very corrupt, was uh, noted as a, one of the most corrupt nations in the world for a long time. Uh, recent efforts to clean up the corruption. Uh, boy, that's an interesting question about the history of nuclear weapons mm-hmm. in Ukraine and Clinton. Uh, 1994, uh, there was an L.A. Times one. There's a Washington Post. Here's the Washington Post. Uh, January 11th, 1994, uh, says President Clinton announced today that the United States, Russia and Ukraine will sign an agreement aimed at eliminating Ukraine's nuclear arms in exchange for a broad range of political and economic benefits. Uh, says the agreement to be signed by the three leaders in Moscow on Friday puts in place a process under which 1800 warheads left in Ukraine after the collapse of the Soviet Union would be dismantled, uh, the highly enriched uranium within them processed into nuclear fuel for uh, citizen uh, for civilian use. Excuse me. Uh, some details of the agreement are to remain secret. Uh, it goes on to say the elimination of nuclear weapons in Ukraine has been one of the most important policy goals of the past and current administrations in the wake of the Soviet Union's collapse. As Clinton said today, I have sought to ensure that the breakup of the Soviet Union. Okay. Does not- All right, that's ninety four. Mm-hmm. Look, I think you've got a, a great leader in, in Zelensky, 
uh, he's got his flaws and there's still a lot of corruption and, you know, he can be subject to criticism as well. But, um, you know, they're getting the hell beat out of them uh, and they're trying to maintain their independence and they should and we should help them. All right, that does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett. You can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's billbennettpodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and friends and even people who aren't your friends. Yeah, share them with people that you may not even agree with. Right. Why not? Say listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll catch up next week.